Hey kids, you know what time it is, 7 a.m. on a Sunday, and this is going to be podcast number 286, by normal counting, we might have some more episodes in here, but that's the counting we're using, season one, by all standards, we are approaching 300 very quickly. <clears throat> and uh, I really should plan for a, a roundup show, a clip show on 300. You know, it's okay. We have to, uh, I have to realize just how horrible this podcast is. Like a worm in the dirt, just worming its way through the matter. So uh, let's uh, talk about mathematics. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, well, let's just start with the thinker and the prover. So the, this is from, uh, Robert Anton Wilson. He said, I guess he got it from somewhere else. I forgot, but I read it in his book, Prometheus Rising, profoundly influenced me. And he said that there's two parts to the brain. There's the thinker and the prover. And um, whatever the thinker thinks, the prover tries to prove. And they're connected with each other. So the stronger you think something, the stronger your prover will try and prove it. So, mathematically speaking, we have been coming up with a lot of these conjectures. And I've been using the computer to prove or disprove them. And um, yesterday, on my trip home, I came to the conclusion, I said I was on the precipice on the edge of connecting things. Well, I'm connecting my thinker to the prover mathematically. And, and I realize that I can prove or disprove things in my head. <clears throat> Especially if you bring them down to simple cases, to um, proof by induction or proof by simple case. So I started working out these um, the geometry of the sieve of Arathenes for finding prime numbers, the, the line idea. And I came up with an idea. So, basically, if we say we take a table that's 10 wide, we do that because, for one, if we chose a table that's a million wide, we don't know offhand what the million and one row is going to look like. But if we take 10, we have rules for saying how things will divide into 10. So we have a certain knowledge. So we have to start by knowing at least the first row by some other means. So that's going to limit the width of our table. Otherwise we'll need another algorithm to calculate each cell of the first table. I mean the first row of the table and that's going to... That's going to uh, just cause a chicken and egg problem. Now if we draw lines 
So, let's just say we take a table with three rows. Or two rows, right? Let's just take a table with two rows, two columns. So we have one and two. Now, the second column is gonna have all the divisors of two. Everything that's multiple two will be in the second column. Two, four, eight, 16, all that. <coughs> so any line between the multiples of two is gonna be a straight one. And basically, all the primes will be in the first column. So you're gonna have vertical lines. And um, nobody's really helped by saying all the primes are in the first vertical line. So when we reach a point where we have a vertical line, um, it's basically an indication of a problem. Now twos are always gonna have vertical lines if your table is base 10. Now if we do base three, so table has three columns, and we could fill it out. The first one is not a prime, two is a prime, three is a prime, then we go to the next row. So for four, it's a multiple of two. So we draw a diagonal line from two to four. You see? Because now the even numbers are going to be have diagonals. And the next one is 5, which is a prime. Let me circle that. What do we got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Is under two and now six is under three and then we can draw a line down because all the multiples of three are not going to be primes right well see this is where we're going to get into problems and let's continue so if we have a line from three to six but i'm not sure that the next one will be underneath it it might be actually Six, seven is in the first column, that's a prime. Eight is a multiple of two. So it goes two, five, eight. And then nine. So three, six, nine will be the columns on that table with three. Three, six, nine will be in the column of the threes. And then we'll continue for 10. 10 is not a prime, and 11 is. So the primes will be in the first two columns. <clears throat> and the third column will be only threes, multiples of threes. So 10, 11, 12, and it'll just keep on going. So, but you're gonna see that we'll have primes showing up and what was the point here so two to four creates a diagonal three five is a prime seven is a prime eight is another even And then 10, we have a line from 8 to 10, which are the multiples of 2s, which are the diagonals. So we're going to have diagonal lines crossing across. In any case, Choosing a, a narrow table is only going to give us some limited information. It's going to eliminate some 
of the prime, um, work. And this is basically modular arithmetic. But eventually, it's going to peter out because I think now in base 10 what my, my, my theory is is that in base 10 the prime numbers the table is 10 wide the prime numbers are never going to go go vertical but they're going to be increasingly sharp angles you've got some like billion size number um, and its multiples are billion size numbers and those are going to be some slight angle to each other um, slicing off more of the table I'm not sure how useful this will be for humongous numbers <clears throat> so what I'm thinking is, is that we can use this table and then once we get to the 100, we can do a 10 by 10 table, we get to 100 primes, then we can use that 100, so we can use 1,000 numbers, we can create a 1,000 by 1,000 table and fill that out, right? And then use the sieve on that, because we already have the answers for the first row. You see? So we might have to continue with multiple tables to apply this method. And then a thousand by thousand will be a million times a million table. So we might have to actually go there. I was also thinking of a triangular table. Not triangular table, but a table that grows. Every time we find a prime, we add in a new column. And we grow it out. So every prime has its own column. This is like the fundamental theory of algorithm of arithmetic where every number can be shown to be a product of all, all these primes. So we have some table where the columns are all the prime numbers. That's mostly filled with zeros, and as we figure them out, we, we add in new columns. So yeah, I'm seeing that we might need more and more tables to solve this. But it's definitely an interesting way to look at it. And an interesting thought experiment. And it's been keeping me busy in my head. So here's what I found out, at least through thought. Not through the computer, not through Googling, but thinking. <clears throat> so if we take the number three, and 10 divides into three, three times of the remainder. What, even if we take the number nine, which is actually great. If we take the number nine, well, first of all, it's nine plus zero, uh, one plus eight, 10 plus eight, right? Two plus seven. So, the multiples of 10 go up by 1, and then the modulo shifts over 1 every time. So it creates, on the modulo table, a, a diagonal from the top right to the bottom left on the hundreds table. So you can basically draw a line from the top right of the corner down to the bottom left, folding the table in half, and that's your 9. Just like the 1 is going to go from the top left to the bottom right. So you create an X that folds up the table into 4 quarters.
So I think visually that's an interesting idea. And if the table was 100 wide, then the 99 is basically the width of the table minus one. Okay. So I, I'm gonna stop now because I think that my listeners might just be starting to cut themselves again. We don't want that. Stop cutting yourselves. Stop it. You know, you can be nice to yourself. Maybe you wouldn't feel so bad if you didn't listen to this horrible podcast. See, this is the the dual side of the coin, isn't it? People who are strange will listen to strange things. Okay, so I've got a German lesson for you. There's one second clip, 10 second clip from the uh, Anke Engelke, where she's teaching these Turks to speak German with a bad Turkish accent. They came in speaking perfect German. It's just like, no, 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 this needs to work. And in the end, she's like, they're like, instead of saying my name is, they say name is. So they're like, my name is Orhan and I live in Germany. And they turn that into, name is Orhan, live in pig eating country. You whore. (laughs) So I'm going to insert that clip right here. And um, (laughs) that'll be our comedic interlude for now. Hold on. All I'll do is I'll just uh, stop the tape. And I'll know where to insert the uh, clip. I thought that you might appreciate that. Listen to those geese. Okay, let's count them. Oh my god. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's about twenty in that group. Another ten, another twenty. Another three, four. Oh my god, there's another group of 1020. Another group of 1020. Another group. Oh, there's more coming. I better get out from underneath them so they don't poop on me. These are the Canadian geese flying in formation, in V formation. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, group of 12. 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Groups of 12 or 20. I can't really count them all, but they fly in V V shape. There's so many groups of them now, I'm losing count. Hundreds of geese. Hundreds of geese. I guess they were, they were at the river, and now they're flying up. I don't know where they were. They like to hang out in groups. Schweinefresseland, du Hure.
huge groups. And um, it seems that the maximum group size has a limit to about 24 or something. Every prime number, what was it? Prime number raised to a certain power of five is divisible by 20. There's something about 24. So these geese, somehow they can't get bigger groups that fly in formation more than a certain amount. I don't know if it's physics or the brain, coordination, speed of communication, the complexities of interaction, how um, confusion might ensue, or uh, the amount of connections between the nodes might go up much higher. equals MP or not that can be checked in polynomial time and have an exponential growth versus problems that can be solved in polynomial time are they the same or not NP. So maybe this is a problem. Goose communication is a problem of um, N raised to P, an exponentially growth problem. The more geese you have, N to the 24th is already huge. And once you add the 25th goose, the communication just is that much huger? It's tw 24 times huger, and then the sixth. 26 goose is just adding in another 26 times the communication of the 25. The 25th, so. Is that Fibonacci? A number of geese bang. Woodpecker. You hear the woodpecker? Is that an owl? But yesterday I saw that fox at the train tracks. And, um, you know how I was saying that there's wild patches? Like, how many foxes do you see in cities in Europe? Come on. How many foxes are living in urban centers? What I'm saying is that there's wild patches here that have never been tamed. And that in Europe, every single house inside of the, every single piece of land inside of the city walls has been terraformed. There's no foxes. They're all gone. When was the last time you saw a fox in Europe?
I'm sure there are some, but they're not in the cities. Okay, I'm repeating myself. To people who aren't even listening. So I have one listener who just gets totally enraged whenever I say anything. And then just hangs up and starts screaming at me. It's like, dude, you need to have some tolerance. You throwing the baby out with bath water. I guess that's why we need some editing. Duhure. All right. So today we're going to attempt to reach New Hope again. Like our last walk. But we're not going to stop until we get there. And we're not going to switch sides of the river. We're going to stay on the New Jersey side. And go through Washington Crossing, Titusville, and then Lambertville. It's going to be tough. Might take four hours. And I don't know how much of this I'm going to record because... I don't think I could talk for that long, or that anyone would listen for that long. So I have found this great mix. I told you about it last night. I listened to more of it. The other songs weren't as much as the anxiety one. And it really reminded me of Frank Zappa. So I guess Frank Zappa is also progressive rock. Very progressive. How did you like my my Welsh accent from yesterday's show? Or Irish? So yeah, that was a long ride yesterday in the, in the car. But having some good music to listen to really sped it up. And music's not in your face as much. And you can ignore pieces of it. And you can still get the message. Like you don't have to listen to every single bit to get the entire message. It's loss, lossy. So I think that's gonna be the first principle going to adopt from music in our podcast is that we're going to repeat ourselves more. We're going to be more lossy. So if people tune out, they will not lose everything. It's not going to be like you have to listen to every single bite and understand every single word. You might lose focus for a minute. I might lose focus for a minute. So we're going to put more burden on the speaker and less burden on the listener. How's that sound? So this is the first bridge over the canal. And there's a um, stone quarry. This old abandoned house with tons and tons of stone and granite is lying there. Plates and plates of it. Weighing tons and tons. Literally tons. It's like, how are you going to get this? How are you going to transport it? How are you going to cut it? It's really heavy. I should take a picture of this for the show. Quite the sight.
Okay. History of the Delaware Canal. So, Titusville says 56, 71, two miles to an inch. Yeah, cable crossing. So, Port Jervis. So the canal goes up to Phillipsburg, and then the Morris Canal goes across. And the Raritan Canal goes up to New Brunswick. Will Bertha Road Crossing, or the World Bertha Road Crossing. Okay. So we've got quite the uh, miles to cover today. Some amazingly huge bamboo here on the river. Frank Zappa song apostrophe in my head. An amazing bass line or wah guitar sound. Nanu Ganono, don't be a naughty Eskimo. They have some great, uh, dream that was an Eskimo. <laughs> So I was just listening to one of these random podcasts and he threw this idea of regression that reincarnation of a soul can happen in the past. So if you die, you can go back in time. That time doesn't exist and you could be born in another life. And that all the people you meet around you could be you reincarnating at different times. Which is a pretty crazy head trip, mathematically speaking. And my first thought on P equals NP was that the checking of something in polynomial time, even though it's an exponential function, could be used to limit the wrong computations. I suppose. 
And also, the other thought that I'm having is that these advanced calculuses or calculations of prime are not being done by human. There's like the maximum number of primes that were discovered by humans before the computer. So basically when I'm trying to look that private jet, Gulfstream, taking off from the local airport here, Mercer County. So basically what I'm trying to say, and get back to our topic before, before you started cutting yourself again, is um, eventually these lines are going to be almost vertical on the scale of 10 which is why we discovered today to make the tables wider as we go recursively cried Nanuka no no Don't be a naughty Eskimo Watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow <laughs> Right about that time people there was a fur trapper who was strictly from commercial. Strictly commercial. Hey, it's a good story about Nanook. Look it up, Frank Zappa, Yellow Snow. I won't torture you anymore with my singing. No, no. See, we have some lightheartedness here. Some lightheartedness. Yes, we're making humor. Humerus. It's a leg bone. Okay guys, you know what? We're gonna take a break. Cause I need some time to think. Just let you know what we're doing today, what we are doing, we the podcast. We the people of the podcast. And I will talk to you in the next segment when I feel like it. When something strikes me. Okay. Well, I just heard this great uh, clip. <sighs> Optimal Health Daily 104 Gut Health by Becca Shem, Sherm of Minimal Wellness. This is Anchor.fm. Optimal minus health minus daily. And they're talking about something that I just recently learned. Again, I mean, I've heard it before, but I realized it again. See, by creating a mental model of things, even if this mental model is not 100% correct, by modeling it, we can remember things better. 
So even if the whole feed the fungus idea is not completely correct, it definitely is a right path to understand things. So they're saying that serotonin, GABA, dopamine, and tryptophan are all created in the gut by these microbacteria. And those are key to our health and wealth and healthiness. And that a leaky gut can be caused to all types of diseases and that that can be caused by lack of diversity that the meats we eat are processed in ammonium hydroxide to reduce the um, bacteria generally recognized as safe by the FDA so basically my rotting cabbage and kombucha stuff and the other feed the fungus ideas we've been practicing fermented foods are good for your tummy and I'm going to try eating more of those and staying away from processed foods more it says it can cause hyperactivity well I got my kid to drink a shake. He loved the shake. I guess I could mix in some rotting cabbage into the shake. Maybe you wouldn't notice with the chocolate. Anyway. You hear those rapids. I'm at the Scudders Falls, Scudder Rapids here, at the old mill site on the river. And we're plugging away on our walk. Plugging away. I saw this lady, I don't know what was up with her. She was like picking up garbage on the ground or something. She had this dog with her and the dog was like protecting her. When I walked by, the dog always faced me and it was quiet. I think the lady was a little bit off. Uh, maybe she was just picking up the dog food. I don't know what she was doing, but it was funny how the dog was just facing me. like ready to defend her. Good dogs, huh? Tryptophan, I think, is what's in Turkey. It's like, makes you sleepy. I think it's in the Turkey. Or released when you eat turkey. It's the uh, fall asleep after Thanksgiving tryptophan. So Yeah, so that's what I wanted to share with you, and um, we're going to continue on to the next uh, segment. So listen to that podcast, kids. I'm not going to even begin to quote them. I'm listening to these random podcasts as part of my project of indexing all daily podcasts. And I found that Anchor FM is very hard to actually get to the page of a podcast. Even if you're listening to an episode, you can't. can't open up the app to a certain podcast page easily even if you know the name because you can't find them and you can't open with a, 
hacking group for this as, as a bug to the anchor people. I think I'll do that right now. Okay. So the next random podcast that I listen to is this Michelle Steffes reframe and rewire great greatness great greatness through daily habits that she talks about having humor and how it can produce serotonin and that how you can take the most horrible things and make fun of them and um, I was thinking mathematically that humor might be a prime factor and um, some kind of prime number so go figure you can add in humor to any situation by multiplying it by the prime number of humor little mathematician joke right there all right and also I uh, sent her a message about her podcast that I enjoyed it but the outro music was so loud that I couldn't hear what she was saying about the serotonin so gut health serotonin neurotransmitters and fungus that's what we need to know All right, time for the next segment. I'm going to go through and listen to a lot of these different podcasts, and let me just read you exactly what it says here. What's well, IPV Consulting? Michelle, M I C H E L L E, Steffes, S T E F F E S. Reframe and rewire greatness through daily routine. Okay, let's continue. Okay, so I was just thinking through what we talked about with the prime numbers, and I wanted to record this. A point of personal privilege. So, who's going to stop me from recording this? Who's going to complain about it? You can just fast forward a couple of minutes. I'm going to actually, did you know that in Anchor app, you can forward the segments and I can actually name the segments. I could actually name this file so that um, it's not just a timestamp. But I was thinking that I could create a short version of every day with just highlights. So, first of all, a stream of random clips with just important parts. And um, I could share that on a separate stream. For uh, people to listen, like a 30 second clip or a one minute clip, something important. I think that actually might be worth doing. Not editing the whole show, just clipping out a bit. I mean, some people produce, I'm listening to these different podcasts, some people just produce you know, a minute a day. And maybe more people would listen to a minute a day of the stream of random instead of having to trudge through an hour to get that minute. So, let's just say one-minute samples of each show as a minimum. And then if I find two clips that are worth it, I could add in an extra clip. I could produce those with the intro and outro. I'm sure people love those intros and outros. Oh my god. Probably not. Like a really short intro. So yeah, that might actually work. Okay, so that's the one idea. The next idea is 
that um, well first of all I should do these different prime number tables with different column sizes um, and just look at how they just look at them and look for patterns visually that's the one and the second one is if you take two primes if you take all the primes up to a certain point what are all so you take x primes right what are all the numbers that you can without gaps reach like you need two to the nth degree to reach all of these in, in um, even numbers right so that's like your prime constraint there so two to the um, nth you know like two to the eighth is 256 so by going up to the eighth degree you can reach numbers of a certain point so I was working on that algorithm but the question is now just given so many prime numbers what's the maximum you can reach before you need to add in another prime number and um, once you get to a certain point where you have gaps like where are the gaps in the numbers right where you, you you're, you're missing numbers between numbers and how are those gaps filled are they filled by adding in higher degrees like 2 to the 8th 2 to the ninth. And um, can we create a correlation between that? So if we could say, given two to the ninth, what's the maximum? Given two to the tenth, what's the maximum that we can reach? Or two to the infinity. So all the factors are two. So it's really not So that'll give us all of the even numbers up to a certain point. And then we need three to something to reach and fill those in. So the log there's a logarithmic relationship there. So I'd like to explore that and see if I can come up with a table and say, okay, to reach this number, this is the uh, maximum factors with gaps, without gaps, and then what's the maximum number that you can reach with gaps? And how far do you have to go until they're filled? And there's a relationship between filled and having gaps. And that way, that could be used to find new prime numbers, I think. So that was my idea. And then I was thinking, yeah, we applied the C Verathenes to the two columns, the three columns and the four columns. I guess it's a 10 by 10, so it was a four by four. Or take seven, seven by seven, we keep on creating bigger and bigger tables. Um, and look for the biggest prime numbers in those. So if you take a two by two table, two by two is four, and one's not a prime, but three is the only prime in there. So you take the three by three, 
which is 9, and you'll find the primes 5 and 7. Then you take a 4 by 4, which goes to 16, you'll get the 11. As a prime. I think 13 is a prime. So there's a relationship between all the primes under a square root, under a square. Anyway, there's some different uh, relationships here that I'd like to explore. And let me see if I can think through these things. I'm going to go off air and see if I can think through them myself and prove them or not. Uh, looks like I'm reaching uh, Washington Crossing now. There's a bridge. Yeah, that is Washington Crossing. There's a Dunkin' Donuts that can refill my coffee. And I guess I'll continue on that side, because they have coffee on that side. And I'm running out of coffee, and I just have to go to the bathroom. And, um, oh yeah, I'm listening to this other podcast now. Um, the Optimal Startup Daily, which is another Anchor FM, where he's just reading eight minutes of a daily... He's reading eight minutes of someone else's blog on startups. And they're talking about how you have to reach a certain level be able to speak about things. To have wisdom and that obstacles are good for you. So, uh, let's uh, take a break and I'll be back. The church bells are ringing. I'm at Washington Crossing. I'm not going to go get a coffee. I don't even have a mask with me. It turns out I, I left it. And I don't have to go to the bathroom that bad. So I will just continue on. I have another two hours or seven miles to uh, Lambertville. 6.7 miles. It says two hours and 33 minutes. I'm going to get the uh, coordinates and plug them into my trail system. Forty-two degrees. Okay, I'm not going to torture you guys with this. So now I plug the coordinates into my trail system and um, it tells me how fast I'm walking. It says I'm walking 2.9 miles per hour and that 6.2 miles will be three or four hours away to get there. So I better uh, step up my speed if I double time it, then I'll get there quicker. Three, four hours away, oh my god. All right. Back to, I'll just put this on pause for now.
Okay. So the, um, I'm going through these tables like we've discussed. So two times two table, which has the prime of three. Then we do the three times three table. which the third column cancels out. And um, three times three is nine. And we have the primes uh, one, two, three. And then five, seven, And uh, so that's a good table. And then when we get to the four times four, it's really interesting that the three, six, and nine are a diagonal. So it says one, two, three, four. And then the second line is five, six. So we, we draw a line from three to six, diagonally from left down. And then the third column is nine in the first row, just after eight. So that is the, the line of threes. And then the 12 occurs 9, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12. On the third row, 3 times 4 is 12. And that starts the new series of 3s. And then the next row down, it's 13, which is a prime. 14 and then 15 which is on the on the second threes rows so you'll see that there's two parallel there's two parallel lines one going through the three six nine and the sec and then just down from it three down from it is the next wave of three so there's a three squared in the four times four and that's what I'm talking about here you have these triangular squares on top of the two squares. I'll have to draw a picture of it, but it's something magical. I'm just going through all these tables in my head now for fun and looking for interesting things. Okay, I'm gonna put it on pause again. So now I'm uh, about an hour away and uh, I thought what I would do is instead of saying the number, I would list the prime factors of the number. And I was thinking, well, 12 is three squared times two. So three squared is a triangle on the tips of a triangle. So each point of the triangle is replaced with another triangle times two so we take that thing and we flip it over a mirror image and we get a David star. So six points. Three times three is nine. Times two is 18, now that's 18. So 18 is a David star where each point of the star has another triangle on it. I thought that would be an interesting shape. Now, the factors of 12 is two times two times three. So it's two squared. which is four, four times three is 12. So that's a square with triangles on the pit, on the points. Okay, so I'm working on those ideas right now. More to come. You hear that? frogs.
So, for some of my listeners who like to hear the animal nature sounds, we now have the first frog sounds. And look at that deer just hiding right there in the woods. Two deer. Three deer. Just staring at me. Pretending like I can't see. Now, these are deer living in the woods over here. These aren't the ones at the university. But they could be the stupid ones as well. They're like, oh yeah, he can't see us. No, it just won't move. Yeah. You think I can't see you, you know? Now you know I can see you. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Five. I count five. Yeah. Well, we got some nature sounds, kids. All right. I'm going to continue with my prime numbers. Okay, guys. I made it to uh, Lambertville. And it's ten miles from my house. And I left at... Um, my battery's almost dead, but I left at uh, 6 a.m. and now it's 11 a.m. So I guess that's five hours to do 10 miles, two miles an hour. Not particularly fast. Um, <clears throat> I'm not even sure my step counter, I turned off my, I went into high battery saving mode for a while. But I've been doing these tables of prime numbers and I did the six table and it turns out that every single the fifth column of the six by six table actually all the way up to every multiple of six up to 60 minus one is a prime number which is pretty freaking incredible I'll have more about this later and I hope you guys have a great day um, Mike Hacker Mike out we'll see you in the next episode